All right, guys. It's November. It means two things. Number one, it's no shave November now. And number two, Merry Christmas. No, I'm just kidding. We're not doing that here, but... Oh, Happy Thanksgiving. Well, how's, about that beer, how's about that beer, though? I know Jason's not a beer drinker, but... Hey, I gotta show it off. If you live in New hey, York it's State, this is it. You can get. If you live in New York State, this is the best one, I think, of the holidays. But, um... If you also live in New York State... Cider Country. Cider Country, definitely. So, with that, though, coming up on the show, of course, we gotta talk the World Series that's going on. It might have ended last night, it might not have. Um, we could be in Game 7 today, later today. You never know. But, again, we'll talk about one big thing that did happen in Game Number 4. Um, we'll also talk some NBA. We'll talk the NFL trade deadline. We'll also have our picks as well as um, Tinkle on this. But with that, mm -hmm. all you... No. All right. Well, we talked about Luka Doncic last week. Well, we're going to talk about him again. Man, this guy is on fire through the first eight games of the season. Um, he is currently an elite company. And you would think it would be Michael Jordan. No, it's actually Wilt Chamberlain he is in an elite company with. As he and Wilt Chamberlain are the only two players in NBA history to start a season, the first eight games of the season, scoring over 30-plus points. Of course, Wilt Chamberlain had a season where he started the year off, started the season 23 games in a row scoring 30-plus points. I don't think Luka is going to go that far. Uh, then again, I could be wrong, because this, this could be a magical season for Luka where he could, you know have maybe 23, 24, or 25 so games in a row scoring 30-plus. Now, the real question I have is, what team is going to eventually stop him? Because there's, gotta be a, there's going to be a team that's going to probably you know, sell, stop him. And it's early. I don't think it's going to be Celtics. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't like how he's breaking out this early, because now it's giving teams a chance to sit there and be like, okay, what are we going to do here, you know? And it gives mm -hmm. them a chance... It's going to force, to me, the way Luca overcomes this is he's going to have to be creative going the rest of the way. Okay. He's got to try to be kind of like that magician. I'm not giving away any secrets, you know. I'm right. going to change my game. You know, I could play one way one game. I'm going to play the other way the next game. Okay. I will say that him, doing the, him being this kind of player is definitely helping a lot of the other players. Mm-hmm you know, be more involved yep. in the offense because, you know, you know, players are, are going to try to double or triple team Luca and Luca so far has been able to be out the double teams and, you know, have contested shots and are going in Luca so far in those first eight games has been showing that it doesn't matter what kind of defense you throw to him. He's still going to find a way. I mean, a point that's what a great point guard will do. I mean, this is not new to him. He's been in the NBA for five seasons now, so he's very accustomed to what is going to get, you know, what kind of defenses are going to get thrown his way. Um, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie and Christian Wood, a lot of the other players that are on that Mavericks team, have been able to step up in a, in a way that, you know, I would, 
I would think, you know, losing Jalen Brunson does suck because I think that Jalen Brunson was definitely a, a scapegoat kind of player that could help out Luka in situations where, you know, if he's double team, he could pass it out to Jalen Brunson and other players around him. But I think Spencer Dinwiddie, um, Tim Hardaway Jr., Christian Wood are those kind of players that if he is in a bind, you can pass it out to one of them and they can be Marty. main ball, ball handlers. So, um, I agree that I think that it's not fun and it's not great to see him, you know, showing that, oh, well, I can be like an MVP-like player so early. Hmm. But if he can hold it up and it can stay healthy for a majority of the season, I think that the Mavericks can be a little bit. He's right over there, March. And then, um, and then, um, I really do think that the Mavericks can be that kind of team that could be in the playoffs and maybe make a nice little, you know, probably get as far as they were last year. I don't think they're going to be finals bound, but, hmm. um. I'm going to go on to the second point here. Yes, the Buffalo Bills did beat the Packers 27-17. But this was a game where it could have very well got out of their hands. Um, Josh, Especially with Josh Allen throwing two back-to-back picks against two Jair Alexander. Of course, we know all the jawjacking that him and Stephon Diggs had. I don't know what, it was all, what that was all about. Um, so... I don't know exactly what was going, you know, on with them jaw jacking, but Buffalo was the better team. They did get the win against the Packers, but Brian, um, maybe if Rodgers had the receivers he had, this might have been a different outcome. I mean, yeah, obviously, and here's the thing, you know, the Bills didn't play their best game, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, coming off a bye that obviously hurts number one. Number two, you played a team that you don't normally see. So, oh yeah. Um you know, but nonetheless, it was a good game. Um if the Packers did have the receivers, I imagine they would have been a better team. I apologize I missed part of that question. Um only because the uh while we're recording, the Xfinity Championship 4 is on TV right now. And, of course, for out of turn 4, I'll talk about it a little later. But, right. Well, I guess uh, more so but, the question was, is like, say, like, if he did have, like, the receivers. Like, not saying, like, you know, Devontae Adams, but if he had the majority of, like, the receivers, like, if he had, like, Randall Cobb out there healthy, if he had Alan uh, Lazard out there healthy. I don't know if you it would have made a difference, to be honest. I mean, that's just how loaded the Bills team is. The other I mean, three... it probably would not have. I mean, of course, if it's Devontae Adams, it definitely certainly would have made a lot more of a difference than than not, but... Now, see, the other three games, the other three games that they lost, maybe it would have made a difference, but I, I just don't know. I think the Buffalo game they were going to lose just with how mm-hmm. loaded Buffalo was. Now, the real question I have here, here is, say if... Mason Crosby did hit that 55-yard field goal. Now, would have would that have made the game a little uh, a bit a little different? I mean, probably not. But 
Yeah. It, it's always tough to tell. Um, Josh, I think towards the end, like especially in the second half, I think he forced some balls, and he he, he knows better. He knows he can play a lot better than that. So I don't know why he was trying to, to force the ball into situations. Um, especially when you have a lead, too. Don't force the ball. I mean, you're a fifth-year quarterback. You shouldn't be forcing the ball. But other than that, I think it's a good win for the Bills. And um, I'm hoping they can keep it going. 6-1 and one for the first time since 1993. And um, if anybody, you know, old-school Buffalo Bills fan knows... That year, they did go to the Super Bowl. Of course, they did lose badly to the Cowboys, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> hmm. um, I guess I'll get on to my last point. So the last point is Steve Nash has been let go by the uh, Brooklyn Nuts. Kind of saw that coming, see. but didn't see this one coming. Now the Nets' new head coach is suspended for the whole entire year by the so Celtics. they're gonna have to it wasn't uh and I'm, it yeah, wasn't an nba he was uh suspended by the celtics because of everything going on with you know a female intern or a worker with the organization and itself well now the nets have a very odd situation where they have to go kind of like what the brooklyn with what the um the boston celtics are doing they're having an interim head coach for the whole entire year. Now, the self, now, now the Nets will have probably had to go with an assistant head coach or an interim head coach for the whole entire year, which, all right, but just because Udoka did decent with the Celtics last year and got to the finals, I don't think he's going to have that kind of success with the Brooklyn Nets. I think this team has too much ego and too much drama surrounding it for him to be able to have success on his team. Mm -hmm. But then again, he also took, you know, this is also a coach that we didn't think he was going to do that well in his first year in Boston and took him all the way to the finals. Could he have that kind of success? Maybe. Um, can he be the one that can bring Kyrie KD and you know Ben Simmons all together and make them into a team that can potentially compete next year I don't know that that that's too early to tell um of course that's like a whole nother year from now that's gonna be you know 2023 2024 season so I have no idea what's gonna ha exactly happen for the Brooklyn Nets organization in the whole and the, you know their coach to come, but they better hope that they can have the same kind of success that the Celtics did. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, well, all I could say is firing Steve Nash is a scapegoat. I'm sorry, I can't say anything more than that. Yeah, they were definitely saying that it was a scapegoat situation. Like, I think it was just like. They rather have gotten rid of him than fix See, the situations that are in hand. They don't want to admit that they have a true issue on their hands. Oh, they definitely do. Because yeah. I hate to say it, 
Who's in, who who in their right mind thinks that Ben Simmons is better than James Harden? I ben don't. Bench Simmons, <laughs> you mean? Bench Simmons? Bench Simmons, yeah. But, um, no, the problem is all the egos. And let's face it, no one can be, you know, they can't all be LeBron, Wade, and Bosh and somehow make it work. Right. Okay? They can't all be Durant, Curry, and Thompson and... Granted, that one, you know, wasn't as good as the Heat run, but it was still a good run. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe they're just learning that the hard way, and instead of just learning it, or I'm sorry, what I'm going to go off of saying they haven't, they're going to learn the hard way is they're going to learn by tanking so bad. All right. Okay. Eventually, they'll come to the realization that, man, this just isn't working. Just like um, Kobe, rest in peace, Kobe, but the Kobe, Steve Nash, Dwight Howard roster that was supposed to do, to uh, go to championships and all that. Right. But. I mean, also, a lot of those players were past their prime, too, so that's also, you know what happened with that too you know steve nasher was kind of past his prime kobe was kind of getting past his prime dwight howard was kind of getting past his time like it just he figured that that was going to happen that they were going to play as well but if you had them in their prime oh yeah i think that team definitely would have been like if you had like a you know if this was like 2009 and you had that team put together with steve nash kobe bryant and dwight howard oh yeah by far that would have been a dis- a destructive team but you know you're also talking about this is like what 2015 2016 around that time they were kind of like not the same players by that time yeah um yeah but i i guess there goes you know that'll be it for my takeaways so i'm going to officially let you Go with yours. I hope I don't get too distracted. I'm sorry. It's this championship's got me, like, hooked right now. Because, um, just full disclosure, because we do have a little, you know, we're doing okay on time right now. Um, Ty Gibbs dumped his teammate last week to make the championship, which he didn't need to do to make it. And now everyone in the field might want to pay him back. But, you know... That said, let's go on to my takeaways. We'll cover that more in out of turn four, by the way. Um, (laughs) But Astros, we got to talk the Houston Astros, man. They look down and out after game three. They come out in game four, and they throw a combined no-hitter. A combined no-hitter in the World Series. Something I don't think we've seen in a really long time. I, I think this is the first combined no-hitter in World Series history, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, man. All I can say is just, wow. That's insane. I mean, <laughs> if that's not clutch, what is clutch? Right. This is... This is a very interesting uh, World Series so mm-hmm. far. It can literally go either way, honestly. I mean, yes, the Astros are leading three games to two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, game six, as we're recording on a Saturday, is what? Tonight, right? Wait, sorry. What was that again? I said 
Game six, as we're recording on yeah. Saturday, is later game tonight, six. right? Well, we're recording at 7 o'clock on Saturday night. The game six is actually an hour from when we record, so, um, oh. you know, it's going to be interesting. Um, Verlander, by the way, in game five, got his first ever World Series win. In the amazing long career of Justin Verlander, he had never won a World Series game entering this one, and he finally did it. So, just remarkable um, the run that the Astros have gone on. And now the the uh, Phillies got to win some games in Houston in order to stay alive. Uh, Dad, you got to hit play. Sorry. Hit. I don't want to comment too much on this just because we're still in game six. Just hit the home button. Sorry. Um, I don't want to comment too much on this because, of course, we're in game six. We're not, you know, obviously we don't know the result of it. We don't know if there's a game seven or not. So because of that, out of respect for it, I don't want to comment too much on it. But um, I do want to move on to the next takeaway with that. Um, Can I just note that the Chargers, I mean, and I gave a lot of shit for a lot of trades on Saturday or on Tuesday. Um, right. But why, why didn't the Chargers make a move? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I don't understand okay. because, you know, it just sucks that, like, Brandon Cooks is still on a really crappy Texans yeah. team. You know, because right now they're, like, what, 1-6-1. and one. Mm-hmm. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah. Probably going to be, like, the number one, you know. You know. The, um... Having the number one overall pick heading into, mm-hmm. you know, the draft, Let's see. probably just going to be what's going to happen. Yeah. And then, I would love to make a move know, for Brandon Cooks. I was going to say, if you're Houston or you're, you know, the Chargers, why wouldn't you try to make an offer for Brandon Cooks? Yeah. Why wouldn't Houston even try to get rid of him? Like, if you know that you're so bad, you could be tanking the potentially go after like a top receiver or a top mm-hmm. player or somebody to make this team a little bit better. You know, I, I feel bad for Lovey Smith. I feel bad for this Houston organization mm-hmm. because you know, I, Davis Mills isn't a bad quarterback. Mm-hmm. I just think that he's, it is a really crappy situation that they're dealing with. You know, even the coaches they had beforehand, like the wrong people great. in the wrong places in Houston. That's the whole problem. Um, but I agree. You know, I want to stick to the Chargers point of this because right. the Chargers is the reason why I got to talk about this. And again, you know, you have Mike Williams out. Keenan Allen just re-aggravated his hamstring. He's out for another long period of time. You right. Know, um, was it Jalen Guyton's out too? Um, I think. So. Yeah. So the point well, is, Justin Herbert's top three favorite targets all out right now. This is inexcusable that they didn't make a deal. Um, And, you know, not for nothing, you have a good enough roster when healthy that I think you can afford to spare a number one pick, you know. I think you could afford to do it. I know, and and, and honestly, they could have even looked into, like, free agency for a receiver. I mean, not going to lie, I mean, Odell's still hurt, and he's out there, and he's recovering, but... 
why doesn't the Chargers try to like make a bid yeah. for Odell Beckham Jr.? I mean, I'm sure he would want to go to the Chargers. I mean, I'm sure he wants to win a championship again too. But I think that but it was Chargers you know, are almost there. I mean, it's not like you know. I get it. He wants to win a title now, but you know the Chargers are a team that's you know. If they were healthy, number one, and again, I said I don't mm-hmm. want to use health as the full excuse. Um, right. You know, if the coaching decisions kind of wised up a little bit, you know, this right. is a team that'd be right there in the thick of this. You know, this is a 4-3 and three team that, you know, frankly doesn't deserve to be 4-3 and three right now. I agree. Okay. But somehow, you know, through the skin, you know, through it all, we somehow made it to that point. But again, I just don't see why the moves weren't made that needed to be made. So it's just frustrating as a Charger fan. It's you know, um, again, you know, Herbert's not having the best year, but this is where you go out and you reach to get somebody. I mean, honestly, I agree. They probably should reach, have reached to try to get somebody, because there was honestly some pretty good options out there, um, for them, receiver wise. Yep. Um, option wise, I mean, of course we'll talk about the NFL trade deadline and who got dealt, but from some of those names, I mean, other than maybe the one, see. They could have made a bid for them, but I guess the Chargers just think that. Well, we already have some of the great receivers. Why should we take a bid for them? Well, because half of them are, most of them are hurt, and you could get rid of, you know, like a pick or so just to grab somebody that can be healthy, can play almost kind of right away for them to add up some production. Because when those guys do get back, then you have that fourth guy or you have that other receiver in there that can help them you know, win some games and potentially make a bid for playoffs. But right now, they can't. I don't know if they're going to be the team to be able to make bid for playoffs because they just don't have anybody. And I can see where it's frustrating to be a Chargers fan because every year you think, well, we, we're getting the pieces. You know, we have the defense put in place. We should be a lot better. And then you just, you know, have all these injuries. And then it's just like an evolving door every single year. It's just like... Yeah. And it sucks. But it's painful. It's painful. One thing that might not be so painful just yet, and again, wait till March and we'll see if it is painful. Um, March or college basketball is back this week. Um, of course, you know, a lot of changes this year. Um, a lot of players left. Um, you know, tr- um, Syracuse lost both Bayheim brothers. Coach K is gone. Jay Wright is gone. So big, big, big changes there. Um, and keep in mind, the miraculous run that North Carolina went on, that put them now number one in the AP and the coaches poll. Um, and, of course, as I look at the preseason rankings, Man, you know, Baylor's still up there. Um, you know, Creighton, Kansas. Or, you know, Kansas, um, of course, will be without Bill Self for the first four games because of recruiting violation. 
So the defending champs will not have their coach or their assistant coach to open up the season. Crazy. <laughs> but, man. Um, but I imagine after UNC's run, I mean, everyone had their doubts about that new coach there. But, man, I, I got to say, they're they're a favorite. I get their number one early on. It might not be a, it might be a big target on their back. But I think UNC right. is going to be that team this year. Uh, it very well could be. I mean, I know, you know, time will only tell who's actually going to be, uh, you know, a favorite early on college basketball-wise. Yep. I don't think Syracuse is even going to be in the discussion. Duke will be interesting to see if, like, if they will actually be there. But I think that, you know, maybe UNC can definitely be in there. They've, they always seem to be a team that always seems to compete every single year. Um, Duke, you know, kind of sad that they couldn't even get to the championship at all last year. Mm-hmm. Baylor, I think, will definitely be in there again. Um, yeah. Baylor will be in the discussion, I'm sure. Um, another interesting thing, of course, um, Loyola Chicago, that team that seems to always always arrive in March. UNC, or, you know, they will now be in the A-10. So that will make things very interesting. Um, as they will have to battle for the A-10 title as opposed to the Missouri Valley. Right. So, again, time will tell. We got a long way to go till March. And with that, um, let's go back to the now. And we'll be right back in a moment (laughs) as we're going to discuss the NFL trade deadline. We have five of the biggest moves that have been made. Um, We also got our week nine picks coming up and tinkle on this. So stay tuned. We'll be back in a moment here. Here we go. Let's talk some of the big deals at the deadline. We got to talk about this. Bills get Niamin Hines. And, of course, uh, Marlowe they also got. Yeah. Um, We got to talk about the Dolphins because they're now talking Super Bowls. I don't think, you know, we're in that, you know. We'll see, I guess, but Bradley Chubb and then Jeff Wilson right. Jr. from the 49ers. Um, the Jags get a suspended Calvin Ridley, so maybe bailing on this season but thinking long-term, and that might be a good thought to have. Yeah. Um, you know, this one probably the dumbest move of the entire trade deadline, the Lions do an interdivisional trade and trade their best tight end, TJ Hawkinson, to the Vikings. And then, of course, um, the Steelers finally just waving the white flag and trade Chase Claypool to the Bears. Um, so, with that, of those, at least those seemed like the five major ones that we didn't discuss last week. Of course, last week I believe we discussed Robert Quinn and Kadarius Toney. Yeah, we did. So, with that, what move was the best, and which one do you think was the worst on the deadline? Uh, the best one was probably... 
I think long term for the Jag, definitely the Jags. Maybe I mean, if you think about it, Calvin Ridley. You know, yes, he. We don't exactly know how he'll be heading into next year with being suspended a whole entire year, but I think that he's mm-hmm. still one of the top receivers in the NFL. I mean, I think he got wrongfully suspended for something really, really stupid, but I think he can honestly help out the Jags long term because now they got a number one receiver in Calvin Ridley for the future, and if they have more pieces to make this team a lot better, I think that. Um, No. Charles Lawrence and head coach there can put together a pretty decent team heading into the next year. But um, I also do think that Hawkinson to the Vikings is going to really help out the offense very well. I mean, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Delvin Cook, and Hawkinson. I mean, nothing gets better than that. Um, I don't like the Chubb and Wilson Jr. moves for the Dolphins, because apparently Chubb has not been, has not played a whole entire year healthy, so I think that's a really bad move. And, and Wilson Jr. Too. Yeah, five year, like six, over $60 million dollars over five years, something like that. I don't know. I, I thought it, we it, learned the rule from Russell Wilson that you don't sign anybody until you see how they play for your team. I, I, yeah, you would think, but, but maybe that was just in the running of why they got him in the first place because they wanted to grab that deal and he wanted the contract extension, so they were willing to give it to him. They think maybe, well, he's one of the top pass rushers. Well, I hate to say, hey, no, Von Miller. <laughs> hmm. um, but and, and maybe if he can stay healthy, yeah, I think it would be a good move for the Dolphins. But And then the thing is, do you really need another wider running back from the 49ers? Because I know, you know, Mike McDaniels and the 49ers connection there, but you really got to have all, uh, damn near all the former running backs that he had on that team all on the same Dolphins team. I mean, you have Raheem Oster, um, hmm. Wilson Jr., and then you also have the other wider running back from the 49ers. All running backs that were under Mike McDaniels when he was offensive coordinator there. So, I I don't understand that move. I think that is one of the worst ones. And I think Chase Claypool, the Bears, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, Claypool hasn't been all that great the whole entire year. You know, Deontay Johnson's ten times better than him. Uh, George Pickens, I think, is... Not really better than Claypool, but I think that he can be a top option for the Steelers heading forward. So honestly, I think that one, those two are some of the worst ones. But Buffalo getting Naheem Hines, I do like that. Um, I think he's going to... I mean, I know Buffalo was in the running for a running back. And I think that he's somebody that can, you know, when, health, when healthy can be a you know, a great guy that can catch out of the backfield, that can run the ball. He's got speed behind him, so he's definitely somebody that can, you know, when, when given the opportunity, can take that ball and run with it. Um, Dean Marlowe I like because he was there before. He knows the system really well. Buffalo, unfortunately, you know, has Micah Hyde out for the whole entire year. So if Dean Marlowe can get 
well acquainted back to the offense. I would kind of like him to start over um, Hamlin, even though Hamlin has been really good this year in place of Micah Hyde. But Dean Marlowe, I think it makes a little bit more sense with the depth at safety. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think that Dean Marlowe would make a little bit more sense to start than Hamlin because he's been in that system, and I think he's a better player. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know. How, how do you feel about the best and worst? I mean, I don't know if you f- agree or not. So, I mean, Hines is an upgrade for the Bills at running back, obviously. over. I think he's an upgrade over Zach Moss, to be honest. And Yeah, I, I believe would definitely he'll be, agree. I believe he'll be a big upgrade in the kicking game, obviously, because I know he's a good kick returner as well. Um, as far as the Dolphins, the Dolphins I'm going to put a question mark next to because I just, again, when Chubb's healthy, we know what he's capable of doing. Um, and... To be honest, that defense is so loaded, I think he can be a part of that big unit when healthy, um, and he can definitely get to the quarterback with no problem. But again, I question the health, because he's not stayed healthy in the past. Um, right. You know, the Jags, keep in mind, the big if is they have to resign Calvin Ridley, and that might be a little bit of a challenge, you know, considering Jacksonville's not exactly a deni- uh, desired destination for anybody. So yeah, but I think they might get him, give him an, an extension. I mean, why yeah. why else would you bring him to the team if you didn't have that in mind? Either that or they'll tag him. That's what I think's going to end up happening. Uh, they might, but. Um, as far as the dumbest move, I'm sorry. You don't trade interdivisional like that. You know, now Hawkinson is with the Vikings. It gives Kirk Cousins an amazing weapon on the inside there. Um, mm. You know, and like I said, the Vikings might have just went from that middle tier, like middle of the road NFC team. I don't want to say that they are now a Super Bowl contender, but they definitely are a team that could wreak havoc in the NFC right now. Yeah, I, I um, agree with that move so um chase claypool why are you adding weapons for justin fields when he can't even hit one to begin with okay um (laughs) poor chase claypool rest in peace to him um you know that deal just i don't know i don't get that one but like i said in terms of the best i would say for sure you know the bills and the dolphins for sure bulked up in that trade deadline um, oh, yeah, I think so, too. You know, and again, the Packers, you know, didn't do anything. You know, the Lions certainly, it looks like, just conceded. So. Yeah, the Lions are at this point just, like, knowing that they're not going to be that good this year and they're going to try to, like, look into the draft, which is sad because, you know, the team is a lot better than the record shows and it's... I feel like we're just more so instead of fixing the problems, or just, eh, we'll deal with it when we can. Yeah. It's just. Um, but, yeah, that's, I think, all we got for that. So let's get on to the games here. Um, we start with the Chargers and the Falcons. The Chargers are favored by three. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know. If they're still going to be dealing with some injuries, I don't know if I'd like them in this case. I hate to say it, Brian. I might have to go with the Falcons here. 
I gotta go with the Falcons, too. They're on a good run. I believe Marcus Mariota, the last five games, has had the best stats of any quarterback in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So, I gotta go with the Falcons there. Um, Dolphins, Bears. Dolphins favored by four. Yeah, and and also Chase Claypool's Bears debut, too, mm-hmm. at home. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if he can honestly make an immediate impact to the Bears or if he won't. Um, I'm still going to go have, have to go Dolphins here. I, I just think that uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are going to be way too much for that Bears defense to handle. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Dolphins, to be honest. Um, I still don't buy Justin Fields, even with the upgrade at wide receiver. So, right. Um, Panthers, Bengals. I think we know who we're picking, but, you know, it is a seven-point favorite and favored Cincy. I will say P.J. Walker will probably certainly have another decent game there. But I think that the Bengals, yeah, no Jamar Chase, but I don't think that's going to matter. I'm going to say Bengals here. I'm going to say Bengals too, but man, P.J. Walker, they found something with him. I don't know how, but they certainly have found something with P.J. at quarterback. I will say, I know we haven't gotten there yet, but I do have an honorary mention for... um, tinkle on this and i i think you're gonna find it funny too about baker mayfield (laughs) oh man um next one packers and lions packers lions packers favored by three and a half um yeah the packers have been really rocky losing four games in a row but i think this is where they're going to get back on track against their division rival on the road they're going to win it in the most Lions way possible, okay? Um, so, Packers, I'm picking in this one. Um, that said, Colts-Patriots, a long-time rivalry. Um, New England favored by five and a half. Um, I'm going to have to go Patriots here. I, I still don't buy the Colts. I don't buy Sam Ellinger being the starter for the rest of the year. I really don't. So, yeah. Ever since Peyton left, it would appear that the Patriots have had the Colts' number in hand. So, that said, I got to go New England. But I will say... Um, It would appear that the team is turning on Mac Jones. The team, the media, they're all turning on Mac Jones for sure. So I'm going to go with the Patriots, but, man, he's on a short leash. Um, Bills, Jets, Bills favored by 11.5. I think that's insane that they're, like, so high. Of being favorites, um, I'm gonna have to agree with Buffalo here, um, especially with the Jets. I never really bought. Yes, they were on a nice little run there, but um, I hate to say it, Sauce Gardner, you're going to have to, you're gonna wish that you didn't cover Stephon Diggs. I understand he is, you know, one of the better rookie corners, but I hate to say it, bud. 
Diggs does pretty good against rookie corners, so your day is going to be a living nightmare. And even if Diggs does get shot down, there's another couple receivers that Buffalo has that can still step up. And one of them is Gabe Davis, and the other is Isaiah McKenzie. So I hate to say, I think Buffalo is going to find a way to win this game, especially with Naeem Hines and his debut with the Bills. I think that he's going to have some say in this game too so i'm gonna definitely go bills but i do not like it being 11 and a half i hate to say it yeah i'm gonna go with the bills but i gotta say though i disagree with the unsauce gardener he's been pretty good all year i think he's going to keep one of the receivers in check on the bills i don't think it's well, gonna he's, be gonna digs. Be he's probably gonna be covering digs let's okay. be honest yeah look there's a reason yeah, there's a reason why Sauce Gardner's going to be Defensive Rookie of the Year. Okay, we're going to learn it pretty quick. Um, but that said, I'm going to pick the Bills still. I don't exactly like the odds in favor of them, like, you know, the line. But I do like the Bills for sure. Um, Vikings, Commandos, um, Vikings favored by three. Yeah, I like the Vikings better than the Commanders. You add Hawkinson in that fold, I think that they're going to find a lot better offensive success. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go to the Vikings here. Hmm. All right. And mind you, yep. that I like the Vikings better as being a threat in NFC as being 6-1 than I do with the Eagles being 8-0. See, I'm going to go with the Vikings because I think definitely TJ Hawkinson's going to be the difference maker in this. Right. Um, he, he's going to take the pressure off of um, Justin Jefferson there. So I'm going to go with the Vikings in this. Um Jags Raiders. Um, Jags no. Vegas favored by two. I'm gonna have to go with the upset. I think the Jags are gonna beat the Raiders here. Yep. I'm gonna say the same thing. Um, you know, and NTN is starting to come into his own. Um, you know, I get the Jags are still a few pieces away from really being that team that's going to play for a playoff spot but i gotta go with the jags here i think the raiders are too much of a mess to take this one well, the raiders are absolutely trash on the road too i'm looking at it i mean i just think that's not gonna help them in their in, a, yeah. in their favor either um yeah seahawks cardinals and should i tell you this the cardinals are favored by two but kyler murray hasn't won since the new call of duty came out <laughs> I know. I find that hilarious. <laughs> um, Seahawks are shocking a lot of people this year. I think they're going to keep it up. I think they're going to get the win against their division rival, the Cardinals. Hmm. I'm going to go with the Cardinals here. They're on the. They're at home. Um, you know, they finally got D Hop back for a couple games. Um, so right. I'm going to go with the Cardinals here. I think they pull off. The win um rams bucks a rematch from i believe the playoffs um but yeah the bucks are favored by three 
Yeah, this is a rematch of, a, of last year's, I want to say, either divisional or NFC Championship game. I can't remember, but... Um, yeah, I'm going to have to... Uh, I want to say the Rams. I, I just think that Tom Brady and the Bucks are just too much of a disaster piece. I think the Rams are going to be a little too much for them. I feel like um, Todd Bowles is going to get out coached. And I'm going to go with the Rams here. Um, Cooper Cup being the difference maker. Um, Sunday Night Football, Titans, Chiefs. Oh, man. I don't think we need to pick this one. Uh, I don't know. I mean... Be interesting. Um, it's all I want to say definitely the Chiefs. I do not like that they're 12 and a half point favorites. I think the Chiefs are going to win big. I'm sorry. I just am not buying the Titans right now. Um, that said, Monday Night Football, Baltimore, New Orleans, and now MT is out for the year. Yeah, I don't like that Baltimore it's Baltimore two point favorites. I think this is going to be a lot more in favor of the Ravens than the Saints. I think Ravens are going to crush the Saints on Monday Night Football. I think, road. I think they're going to get a big lead. Then the fourth quarter, they're going to kind of give up some slack, but I still think Baltimore will hang on for the win. Thursday Night Football, another crap game. Get ready, guys. It's the Falcons and the Panthers. Um, Falcons favored by a point and a half. Yeah, I think Baltimore, I think Falcons are going to go 6-4. and four. I'm going to be sleeping. I think, gonna... I think I'm going to be taking a rescheduled go-to-bed-early night there, and I'm just going to go with the Falcons. <laughs> um, anyway, let's get on to Tinkle on this, and I hate picking on high school teams, but this one you know is bad. Um, the referees called a Canadian high school game early because one of the teams was up by 100 points. Apparently, the refs do not believe. But, I'm sorry. No. You know. I just want to know how come it had to take to be, had to take until 100 points to call the game. Why wouldn't you call the game a lot sooner than that? Not sure, but I'm sorry. I, I do agree they should have called the game, but... Man, you know, to a team that was down, man, what happened? That's why you're getting tinkle on this, folks. Hey, man, they're from Toronto. Their they're, 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 they're main sport is hockey, not football. Hmm. Sorry, I know, bad joke. <laughs> yes, but um, anyway, um, tinkle on this. Um, I mentioned for tinkle on this. Um... I like how Baker Mayfield goes from being what backup to starter and now apparently playing defensive snaps with like the practice squad. So I hate to say it, Baker Mayfield, tinkle on this as well because you know you're so trash that you're apparently you know so bad that you're gonna be taking defensive snaps instead of quarterback snaps with the Panthers. 
Yeah, I'll give him that one. Oh my goodness. Um, but poor Baker. I don't think he deserves that kind of treatment at all. But he doesn't. He really doesn't. But with that, um, yeah. What's coming up on no final bell? Actually, let me uh, <laughs> pull up some notes. Um, so, um, shockingly enough, uh, Double J Jeff Jarrett is now in All Elite Wrestling as a business, um, the leader of business development, as they're looking to expand, as AEW's looking to expand her calendar of in 2023 with more live events. Um, Colt Cabana is officially officially returned. Um, so just more stuff heading into the pay per view and whatnot. So definitely look forward to that. Um, what, what what's heading into Championship Sunday there for oh, uh, Turn Four? I gotta tell you, and again, I apologize to our viewers for my lack of comments today. I've been so distracted with this Xfinity race. Of course, again, Brandon Jones wrecked or wrecked by Ty Gibbs to get into the Championship Four. Um, right now, this battle for the lead in the Championship Four in the Xfinity Series is intense. As I'm sitting here and watching it. And that's why I haven't said too much on this show. But we're going to, of course, recap this because he's got... Ty Gibbs has a whole garage of people that are angry at him. We talked about the video game move on the last Tuesday. Will it lead into a championship? Of course, we'll have to find out. And guess who's back? Seven-time NASCAR champion Jimmy Johnson is back to racing. And I'll explain about that in Out of Turn 4. It is the season finale of Out of Turn 4, as racing is pretty much done for the year. Um, so this is our last episode until January or February. Um, so, that yeah, said... I think it's kind of crazy to see Jimmy Johnson back. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. I guess nobody ever stays retired. Just look at Tom Brady. Well, he never really retired, to be honest. He went to IndyCar for a few years, so... Jimmy's still out there racing, but now he's on the bucket list items, and this might have been a bucket list item that we just didn't know about. So, now it's going to be fun, I'm telling you. Um, the Daytona 500 is going to be insane next year, but I will leave it at that. Um, you will have to tune in to see my full thoughts on it on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and Facebook Watch, and then, of course, tune in Wednesday to No Final Bell on YouTube and Facebook Watch at 5 p.m. But until next week, goodbye, everyone.